0: All right. Welcome this morning. Well, when we entered the prayer meeting this morning, immediately felt it's like the, uh, the water pressure was set on high this morning. And it feels like there's very distinct desire and expectation that God wants to release the river's of living water on earth at a threshold, at a level that is unusual. And I, whenever that happens, it's not just for our blessing, it's for God's purpose in the earth. But what I felt to pray was this, is that we want to be a people who represent on earth what's happening in heaven. And when God ups the ante in heaven, when he ups the activity that that activity is immediately reflected in our midst, that there's nothing in us that hesitates, that, that, that waits, that objects, that uh, holds back in any way, that we are, we are responsive to the movement of, of heaven. And so, Father, we pray today in the name of Jesus, not only for the good of your family that is here, but, Father, for the good of everything you're doing across the nations, we pray... That the sound of worship, that the sound of moving in the mulberry bushes, that David registered when the angels went before him, the sounds of heaven, the sounds of your waterfall, when deep calls unto deep, we say, Lord, let heaven come to earth. We say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, let whatever is in heaven manifest here on earth. We are contending as the body of Christ for the manifestation of the glory of God in our land. We are God's ambassadors. That means we are the ones on earth that represent Him. We are His sound. We are the expression of His desire. And so it is up to us to say, in Jesus' name, what is going to be happening in our land. So let's declare it together. Let God arise. Let God arise. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. God, you will arise. You will arise in this land. You will arise in this land. And your enemies will be scattered. I, I'm really feeling like we need to take our position. You know, I think we don't really fully understand that when God called us to be his voice... That means God doesn't speak on earth without us. That's why Paul said uh, that, he said, how shall they hear unless God send a preacher? In, in other words, the mindset was God wants this done. He's going to do it. And Paul said, no, that's not how God works, actually. God uses men and women who understand their calling and their role. You know, when, it was when Peter walked by, it was his shadow falling on the man who is lame that caused the man to be healed. Now, obviously, there's a dimension of God there, but the agency is men. The agency is men. And not just some men, but all who are called. And so there's a capacity, there's a potential inside of you for releasing the kingdom of God. And God is waiting on us to step into that that sense of responsibility. You know, my neighbors are not going to hear unless I tell them. Not just pray, oh God, I pray that they would be open, but that we actually would be the one that go. And right now, when the kingdom of darkness is being pushed back, you know, we're not just hoping that God is going to do this. Where the victory is near you, he says, even in your mouth. Yeah. Whose mouth? Whose mouth? My mouth. Your mouth. Yeah. So, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we want to start with our own families. We want to say, those demonic powers that are trying to steal away the destiny of our children, we say no. We need to realize that the enemy doesn't sleep night and day. He's strategizing to kill you and to kill your children. That's happening in an ongoing way. There are strategies right now to destroy your business, to destroy your finances, to destroy your family, to destroy your children, to destroy your mom and dad. What are we going to do? Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to enter into that realm. Where we know that we have authority that this is the battlefield that this is the time the moment when everything changes when you arise in the midst of your people so lord we don't want to just say you arise but we want to arise in the power of the resurrection of that spirit that's inside of us we want to say lord in the name of jesus this far and no further This far and no further, everybody, everybody, God, God, we want to see, we want to see the full manifestation of your kingdom. We want to say, let the river of God manifest in this place. God, we are tired of waiting on the efforts of others, on the sacrifice of others. Lord, this is going to happen today. There's going to be shifts today. There's going to be breakthroughs today in jesus name 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 we say to that passive nullifying spirit that would come in here with slumber and cause us to be passive and make us feel like our sound doesn't matter And make us feel like this is a show that others are putting on for us. We say, no, we are the body of Christ. We are the manifestation of the mind of Christ in the earth. The body in the earth of Christ in the earth is us. We are his hands and his feet. We are the expression of his desire. We will not step back. In Jesus' name. Your kingdom come, your will be done.
1: So, Father, we declare that there are answers for problems. We declare that there are solutions for troubles. We declare that there is strength for weakness. There is an answer. There is a balm in Gilead. God, we are on your side. We are standing with you. We say that your word is true. We trust you, God. We trust that you're making a way. God, we're standing in faith. We're releasing our spirit with you, God. We're releasing faith. We're releasing worship. We're releasing honor. We say that you are trustworthy. We say that you are great. You deal generously with your family. God, there is no end to your goodness and your supply. God, we speak in the face of the devourer and say you are gonna choke on abundance. You are going to choke on abundance because the goodness of God cannot be stopped. It can't be withheld. There is more than enough, a constant stream. Holy Ghost, break loose in this place. Holy Ghost, flood this place through us, through us, through us, through us, us, in us. Holy Ghost, rise up, rise up and overwhelm. Holy Ghost, rise up and overwhelm holy ghost flood flood flood
2: flood 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 i see in the skies in heaven the windows there's windows appearing up in the sky the windows of heaven they're starting to open up the blinds are coming up they're looking down so lord just open those windows Pour out what you have for us out of the windows of heaven, Lord. Pour it down. There are answers. There are solutions. There are blessings, Lord, that you want to release in the earth. That you want to come up, Lord, as on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. In Jesus' name. Say, pour out your spirit, God. Greater is He that is
1: in us than He that is in the world. Release the fire of God through our being. Release the life of God. Release your glory. Release your wonder. Release your kindness. Release your beauty, God. Flow like rivers of living water as it is in heaven. Let it be in us. As it is in heaven. Let it be on the earth. Let your glory be on the earth. We declare right
0: now that life conquers death. The river of life the river of life floods everything in its path. Nothing evil can stand in the way of the river of life, and that is the living water that comes out of us. We release that right now in the name of Jesus.
3: I see streams in the desert, desert places where there's a wilderness, where things seem impossible, where things seem dry, where things seem like nothing is gonna change and nothing's. Gonna
4: This morning it was mentioned that we saw a
2: higher water table. And I felt the Lord showing me that as the enemy comes in, the flood of God raises up a standard against him. So let the flood of God be released and then slammed in Jesus' name. Let the water break forth. Let that rogue wave, that tsunami wave come and push back the enemy and all the intentions that he has for, for his people, his church, for this land, for this country shall
5: be thwarted, shall be stopped, shall be overflowed, shall be overtaken by the flood of God in Jesus' name. I feel like the Lord is is releasing us as a body, and there's ones that have come that have done this, but I believe that this is a body thing. I believe that we're called this morning. I believe that the Lord is asking us to lay paved stones and to prepare the earth for his glory, which is the highest calling. I feel like the Lord is asking us. So I'm going to ask you, can you leave your pews and leave the comfort of who you are and just come up here? Come up here and start doing what ones have already done. Start pushing in. Come up, come up, come up. Get over yourself. Get over where you're at and just come and prepare the earth. Prepare the earth. Prepare the earth. Declare what you see in your heart. God, God. Open up the heavens, God. I open my mouth as the doorway of
0: heaven I declare the things of the Lord Lord we declare the floodgates are open the floodgates are open let it rain 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 rain. on the prodigals on the broken, on the wounded, on those who have never known you.
4: We don't come today, Lord God, in our own strengths. We don't even come in our weakness, Lord God, but we come standing in the power that is invested in us by your Holy Spirit. And we say today, Lord God, that 10,000 will be put to flight, and thousands upon thousands will be put to flight. And we take hold of our families, Lord God, in the power that you have given us. And we say that none will be lost. We say that they will all stand like pillars, that our daughters will stand like pillars in the temple, and our sons will stand like trees planted by the river. And that they will not be pushed aside and pushed away from you. But they will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And that they will fear no evil. For you are with us. And we take our position. And we say that you, Lord God, are the one who will take us and prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. That we will feast and sup on the things that you have given to us. We come not in our own strength, but we say that we have a God who is above all things. And we come in full confidence in this God. For those who are confused, I declare that your identity is in Christ Jesus. You will find your identity in Christ Jesus.
0: Now you remember you remember what Jesus said when he was in the temple. He said listen the central activity of the temple needs to be prayer. This is meant to be a house of prayer for all the nations of the earth. Now uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time, but a lot of us have benefited by others praying. And we let others pray. But, you know, some people, when they when they prayed today, they did it out of complete humility. They did it out of fear and trembling. They did it out of wondering, I'm not sure if I can even do this right. But you who hear the voice of faith, even if they don't say things correctly, or pray, there's faith being imparted to you when they pray. Well, you know what? Every single one of us can do that. And it first begins, the release of life always begins with a death. And the death is, I don't care if I do it wrong. I'm not going to obey whether I look as good as that one or the next one or do it perfectly or stumble or or even don't even have any life on what I'm doing. I am going to be a voice. So i got to start by doing what I can. It is written. It is written. You don't have to have a massive revelation of something. It is written. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Scripture, praying scripture, declaring scripture is where you start because God wants you to be a voice. Now, even as I say that, I'm thinking about Drew Martin who's in Washington, D.C. right now, and he's meeting with pro-life people and uh, talking about the hush, and they had the, the, the march there last week. But God is wanting to release life in the earth that conquers death. Life in the earth that conquers death. So God is saying, listen, my strategy is to release the river of life. But where does the Bible say that river comes from? From your innermost being. From you and you and you and you and you and you. Listen, this is a warfare of river against river. In Revelations 12, it says that the Satan was persecuting the woman who bore the child. And he said Satan released, the dragon released out of his mouth a great river, a flood to wash away the woman and her child. And uh, the earth helped the woman and swallowed up that river. But I'm telling you, God's plan is not just that the earth would swallow up the rivers that the, that the dragon is releasing. But he said, listen, I have my own river i have my river and it's coming out of my people it's coming out of my people And, uh, uh, you know, the enemy cannot find the source of this river because it's not one person. It's a hundred people. It's not a hundred. It's a thousand. It's, it's ten thousand. It's a hundred thousand of people that realize that inside of me there is a, there's an access to heaven. There is a the sound of faith. And I can release it. And my sound, even if it's just a creek, even if it's just a tiny little tributary of water, it will join with every other tributary of water. And it's going to flood the earth that's God's plan so how dare we hold back how dare we hold back so if you're thinking right now about your city about your family about some other country maybe Sudan maybe Egypt maybe Israel right now we are saying let it rain let it rain let God inspire you with a piece of ground whether it's a country or a person begin to say let it rain over their lives let it rain. Let it rain in Ethiopia. God, let the living springs begin to begin to surface in uh, South Africa. Father, in the name of Jesus, where there has been nothing but death, devastation, wilderness, we say, let it rain. Let the floodgates, the fountains of the deep open up.
3: I read The Torch and the Sword by Rick Joyner a long time ago, but the one thing that I remember so clearly was this, there was this young girl that was set to guard the river of life. And he, this man that was in the, I don't even know his name, but he came upon, or maybe it was Rick Joyner, came upon this young girl and there was this trickle, this trickle. It was a very, very small stream. And she said, this is the river of life. And he said, how can this be the river of life? And she said, it depended upon people drawing from that river. The size of the river depended upon the people receiving and drawing and participating in the river of life. And so I declare that we will be a people who participate in the river of life. We will be a people who stir up the river of life within us we will draw from the Lord and we will give to the Lord the honor due his name in order to increase the size and the force of that river
6: I heard an old
7: worship song on the radio this morning and it uh, just kind of reminded me suddenly struck me that uh, the word glad like gladness has kind of left my vocabulary and it's left the vocabulary of everyone around us and I want to say Lord we want that back we want to be glad, and we want to have much gladness.
5: I declare that there will be a fresh rain upon this land, a fresh, a fresh rain upon, upon Alberta, a fresh rain upon Canada.
2: All morning I've seen two things. Number one is gold. Gold is, as far as scientists can tell, only found within the earth. No other place in the universe. So to me, that says that God has placed something here that is only here. And the thing that's being revealed to me is that gold is right here in our midst. In individuals, in people coming together, there's, there's a mine of gold. And so there's something valuable in each one of us that God has placed from the beginning of time. Only found here right now. And the second thing is the rainbow. Something else that is only found here because of the environment. There's only a rainbow found in the earth. And the rainbow is a reminder of the promise of God. A rainbow is a reminder that God has done something great in the earth and is meant to be recalled in us. I want to declare right now that there is gold in each one of you. That God has placed a spirit of life in each one of you. And that he has spoken a promise over each one of you. From the moment his breath came and filled your lungs, it was meant to do something. It was meant to release something. It was meant to fulfill a promise God had at the beginning of time. I shall create a people and they will be mine. In the name of Jesus, we release the faith of heaven. We release the call and the cry of the Holy Spirit. And we declare dominion that the Father of lights has in the earth. Let the gold and the rainbows come together and manifest
0: the glory of God. Now for hundreds of years, the model of ministry in a church is 99% of the people sit and 1% of the people do anything at all. And there is a place for teaching. There is a place for ministries that are prophetic voices that we hear and we learn from and who impart things but the real power of the people of God and of the kingdom of God in our midst is the individual released it is the individual discovering that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in me the same spirit that's in my pastor my leader, that prophet that individual, that ministry that same spirit is in me that same spirit is in me. And this is what he's talking about when he's talking about gold. Listen, we, we keep waiting for heaven to manifest, but God is saying the source of that manifestation is through you, through your faith, through what you believe. And before I came here, uh, Bob Jones spoke to me, and he said, Listen, he said there's a tremendous spirit rising up against that church. And he says, when you see that kind of spirit rising up to resist, he said, you know, there's something worth fighting for. He said, there's treasure there, son. He said, but it's not in the ground, it's in the earth. Yeah, he said, you know what I mean? I haven't a clue. He said, it's in the people. It's in the people. And this is... Uh, uh, this is the paradigm of the kingdom that God is trying to release in the last days. Wherever you see apostolic ministry, what you see is not just one person with apostolic anointing rising up, but you see a people rising up. Whenever you see, uh, you know, a church of Antioch, you see a steady stream of anointed people coming up. Wherever you see a breakthrough in the earth where uh, one man seems to have an unusual anointing, what happens is other people rise up with unusual anointing. Why? Because the breakthrough is an understanding that God has released himself, dispensed himself into a people in order that he might be manifested through a people. Not through one hero, not through one man that we revere and worship and just get behind, but through a people. We get behind a man because of what is being released that we can step into. For what we are, have already been given, that's why we do that. So we say, we contend for the destiny of this place, which is a people. We contend for the destiny of this place, which is world-class anointings for prayer, for intercession, world-class anointings for healing and evangelism, world-class anointings, heavenly anointings for pastoral ministry, Uh, world-class anointings, heavenly anointings for evangelism. I say harvesters will rise up. Harvesters! Harvesters! harvesters 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 in Jesus name I say let the gift that is inside of you begin to burn let the desire to release creative words programs outreaches let it begin to burn inside of you let a spirit of burning come on you let it begin to stir inside of you the gifts of god that are given to you without without a turning back without being rescinded without being taken away in jesus name and so we say earlier yoshi was saying i see gifts being given and we need to go after them god has given not what we want necessarily but what we need and he said uh uh, he said, I see treasure, I see body parts, I see healing, I see brains. So the mind of the Lord is being given. I believe there are entrepreneurial anointings. And that's the one thing the enemy has gone after. That is the most tangible representation of the gold. So first first the natural, then the spiritual. There's gold that what God wants to give in terms of people that God wants to empower. And you know when I say these things, something stirs inside of you. You know you are called to make money. You know you are called to have business and enterprises that prosper over the top. Tens of thousands of thousands and thousands of dollars a month. This is a part of your destiny. And you know it. In Jesus' name. I'm telling you, the, the same river that released the prophetic testimony of Jesus will release apostolic ideas for business. Will release favor in the marketplace. The same spirit that prophesies and says to you, honor the Lord, says, this is how you make money. I've given you the power to create wealth, and we're going back to those promises, and we're taking them back. They're on a shelf. I see evangelism gifts that are on the shelf, and I'm, saying, I'm seeing a hand that's going and grabbing that gift, saying, I'm going to begin to share Jesus Christ again. It's not about my success. It's about who he is. And I'm going to enter into His success, mm. in Jesus' name. You know, when we're saying "Amen," it's not just a, 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 you know a word that we religiously say. It says, uh, in French, it means "So be it." So be it. It's like "Let it be done to me according to Your word." Let it be done. Amen. Let it be done. So let it be written. So let it be done amen amen right now wherever you are i want you to speak either audibly or if you're embarrassed speak it to your own heart just whisper it but say at least with sound this is what i'm getting back this is what i'm taking back i'm taking back zeal i'm taking back hunger i'm taking back prayer i'm taking back evangelism i'm taking back the promise for business i'm taking back the promise for prayer and intercession i'm taking back the promise for missions I'm taking back the promise. I'm taking back the calling. I'm taking back the destiny. I'm taking back languages. I'm taking back cultures. I'm taking back uh, uh, the, all the abilities that have been taken from me. I'm taking them back. Listen, what God has given, what God has joined in marriage, let no man put us under. But what God has given, let no man take from you. What God has given, let no man take from you. There's a, There's a... A brooding of the Holy Spirit, like the the warming of the the nesting eggs that the hen brings when she comes down upon those eggs. There's a there's a coming down of the weightiness of the Holy Spirit upon the seeds of promise. We receive continue to release those sounds. But I feel the Spirit of God saying to you, mothers and fathers. It's as simple as this. When your child says to me, read me that story, you may have read it a hundred times. It may be boring to you. It may be like just pure repetition. But each and every time you read that book, it brings joy to your child. The Lord says to you this. He says, there is an audience for your sound. There is an audience for what seems repetitive and uh, monotonous to you that brings joy to another. You need, through humility, to enter into that. Not because it benefits you, but in the confidence that there is an audience, there is somebody that that will benefit. And whether that is a sound of comfort, or the sound of exhortation, or provocation, uh, whatever it is, your sound brings edification, because it comes from God. Release your sound. There's all kinds of dimensions of what the Holy Spirit is, is doing right now. But I'm going to have Andrew share his testimony. But just as a, a little picture, I, I was standing there, and Andrew didn't have his mic anymore, and he was singing behind me. And I just realized what a beautiful voice he has. And he was singing this great line. But as soon as I gave him the mic, he kind of stopped and stepped to a more, you know, background position. I, but I wanted him to step forward. Why? Because he has something. And what he has is not always to be the center, but it, it is always giving life. And this is what we need to realize, is that there is a river inside of you that doesn't stop flowing, doesn't stop. No matter what you feel like, you can bring edification the same way a, mom or a mother can bring comfort to her children, even when she's exhausted, even when she doesn't want to. All you have to do is sit there and hold your child, and you're doing something for that child. It's the simplicity of Christ in you that brings life, and your humility to, to, want, to be able to serve with that. We love the high moments when, when our gift is being, you know, set apart and distinguished, but that's not the only time it ministers. It ministers all the time, just that sometimes more than others. And we need to have the humility to release that sound, that gifting, when it's being distinguished or when it's just being a part of the body. That's not just for Andrew. That's for you. But he has life in him. Now, he's had an experience recently. I don't even know what the testimony is totally so I couldn't open it. But uh, tell us. So a year ago,
7: I was just rocking it. And um, life was awesome. You know, 2016 was just going to be the best year of my life. And, uh, you know, I was thinking, I just decided that I was going to live here instead of Denver. Um, I was just coming into some new stuff with worship. Uh, Work was going great. Um, You know, our company is just, God was giving me vision and revelation and just getting me really excited about business. You know, it's like crazy. (laughs) But, um, yeah, and like, just, I was able to just connect with people better, and it just seemed to be amazing, you know? And um, and I was thinking, okay, 2016, I'm just going to pursue God like never before. It's going to be a nice, clean year. None of that messy stuff of life. Let's just, you know, let's just go. Don't need any of that stuff, right? Because <laughs> that's messy. It's not nice. And, um, you know, it was going well for a few months, and uh, but then something just was wrong, something was off, and I didn't know what it was, and it just kept getting worse and worse, and finally, I just, you know, I made, I made some mistakes, I did some stuff that, I don't know, I probably shouldn't have done, um, May into June, and then I plunged into a hell on earth, there was something wrong with me, I didn't know what was wrong, and I had to figure that out, I needed to solve that and I couldn't live my life. I couldn't enjoy life. I couldn't do anything until this was fixed. And so I, I went to God. I tried to seek him, but I couldn't. And I just got frustrated because I would pray, and it was like nothing. And, uh, you know, hell on earth, right? And, um, you know, I went to other people. I talked with them, and I was like, here's what I'm going through. And nobody seemed to really get it. And nobody had the answer that I was searching for. And, uh, and so I just pushed people out of the way, I pushed God out of the way, and I isolated myself, and I just plunged into hopelessness and despair, and uh, going into 2017, you know, seven months in, I was just, I had no hope, I'd gone down this pit that I could never get out of, God's grace was no longer there for me because I had crossed that line, I thought. And I was just simply suffering the consequences of my own mistakes, and, um, and so maybe it would take years. One day I would finally somehow be able to start moving the right direction, and one day I would actually start doing the right thing, and I wouldn't just fall harder like I had fallen many times in those seven months, but God had other plans. On January 11th, I was just pondering a verse in scripture from 2 Corinthians. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from... 2 Chronicles, that's right. (laughs) Um, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, God says, I will heal, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And I was just like, God, I need this. I am starved. I don't know fellowship with you. I don't know fellowship with other people. I'm obviously, I need to repent. I don't know what I need to repent of. I've tried repenting countless times. And so I was like, God, just show me the way. Lead me in that path of repentance, whatever it takes. I need this. God, it sounds too good to be true. You know, to actually have peace with God. That's, that's just too wild of an idea but I know that this is your desire, God. And I know that you've promised that if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. So I'm going to hold on to that. And somehow I'm going to keep going. And somehow I'm still going to stay here in Spruce Grove. I don't see what life looks like ahead. It doesn't seem like there's anything left for me, but I am going to trust you. And it was really not even stellar trust, right? I was really looking at myself, but somehow God can take just our nothing And that's what God did. Uh, That evening, I came here to Wednesday night, and uh, Pastor Mark was sharing on Romans 2, verse 4. It says, the goodness of God leads us to repentance. And when we behold God's goodness, we should see our own goodness, our own performance, and it should just look like filth, because it's nothing. And we should turn our trust from that, and we need to look to Him. And God spoke to me, and He said, Andrew... You've created this idol in your life. You've been looking at your problems, your issues, and that's been the thing that's mattered most to you. And you've pushed everyone else out of the way because that has mattered so much. And I praise God that he did not fix that because he is not a means to an end. God said, Andrew, set this aside and seek me again. And so I said, God, I repent. Yes, I will. And God completely transformed my life. The next day from... Working out, to talking with co-workers at the office, to driving in my car, to playing with my nieces and nephews. Everything was different. God, for some reason, He He took me even in that place where I was outside. I felt like I was outside of His grace. And I felt like it would be years and years and years. And God said, Here you go. Life is better than before. Like I look at a year ago and I'm like, that was nothing. Because God is just so much bigger, and he's doing something so much better. And so I can rest in him like never before, and I have joy like never before, and his passion is just increasing, and I'm so grateful to him.
6: Thank you. Okay, let's just agree together. Just let this be absolutely established in Andrew Lord. Let this be absolutely established. Oh, just let this pour down over his head, into his spirit. Let it be absolutely, firmly and forever established in Andrew, Lord. We draw on those breakthrough days, those breakthrough moments, Lord. Oh, and we say now, now we just focus on Andrew and we say, let this be, let this be forever, Lord. Let this be forever, Lord. Let this be firm, let gifting, let all sorts of things flow out of this, Lord. Everything that you have intended for this man and more than, than, than we could imagine, let it be established in his life, we pray. Yes. And now we take a hold of this for our own lives. Can you believe that God could do in you what he did in Andrew? Of course you can. Here in this building during this time after hearing this testimony, of course you can believe this. And so we take a hold of this in some kind of a way inside of us, with strength or with weakness, whatever it is. We take a hold of this, Lord, and we say, what you've done for Andrew, you can do for me. You can establish us. You can raise us up. You can make us firm. You can make us joyful. You can make us at rest. You can make us prosperous. Everything that God intended to pour down on an individual, you can give that to me. We pray that this morning. We mean that this
0: morning. We grab a hold of it this morning. Amen. Amen. I had something to share. And that testimony is uh, is a great platform to begin. I didn't know what this testimony was, but uh, very, very appropriate for what I uh, felt to share this morning. We were praying on Friday, and uh, the Lord made some things clear that uh, I knew before, but just they just became clearer, and I want to talk about that for a second. Father, thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We are your workmanship, and Lord, I believe what uh, Andrew shifted into is that. Stop being my own workmanship and become your workmanship. So, Father, I pray that we would uh, find those keys, Lord, to come out of the doldrums, come out of the wilderness, come out of whatever it is that uh, besets us, that slows us down, that keeps us anchored to earthly things and uh, rise into the victory that you've already provided. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Just, uh, just for reference, that you know, that, that is such a powerful, powerful truth. And uh, I'm so glad uh, for that testimony. I mean, I'm exhilarated because I remember when God did that for me. And the difficulty is, I didn't know what was going on. See, uh, God, God wants you, He wants to have this relationship with you, but if you begin to make the interface of your relationship with Him your performance, uh, that, that relationship becomes rocky. You won't even notice it at first, but distance starts to be created because God, because God resists the proud, and the essence of pride is, I, I can do it myself. Right? You ever hear that from a young child? Right? I could do it myself. It, it comes natural. It may be sweet in a, in a one-year-old, or a one-and-a-half-year-old, or whatever age, but in a, in, a, in a people who are called to rely on Him, when we are supposed to be His workmanship, and yet we make ourselves our workmanship, that's a... Not only a dangerous place; it's a terrible place, because it separates us from all the resources that we should be walking in, and we don't even know that that's what's happening. But God is dealing with our self-reliance, and He would like to deal it with us by saying, "Hey, you're doing this, but we can't hear," and so He has to starve us out. He's got to, uh, you know, say, "Listen, uh, you're going to start feeling." the weight and the distance from me of walking in your own strength. Walking in your own strength, you're going to start to feel the lack of strength of walking in your own strength. Because by grace, you were walking in my strength, and now you begin to interpret that great performance as, wow, look at me, look at how much I'm doing for God. And God's like, okay, I'll show you how much you're doing for God. Because God is always wanting to separate what you're doing and what He's doing because all you know it says in the psalms all thy works shall praise thee all thy works shall praise thee and that's what the, that's what happens all god's works praise him and all my works praise me and so but it's just semantics though it's just language until god comes with a sword and makes a clear division between your efforts and his grace because actually, to begin with, it's all combined. It's just, you know, I'm here trying to be obedient to what I know is the grace of God at work inside of me. But it's sort of a jumbled mess. And a part of maturity is that God comes and says, okay, I need to make a greater distinction between you and me, my righteousness and your righteousness, so that your heart will turn more fully to me. And that's the process he's talking about. And, you know, that, that, that was, that's a single leap forward, but it's a significant. Significant leap forward, and interestingly uh, it was it was close to a similar timeline' uh, in a year when I had that first significant epiphany like that there were There are others to follow, but regardless, so I want to read a couple of verses here on Friday morning. we were talking about some things, and um, we have this dilemma in, in, in who we are as Christians because. On the one hand, when it comes to things like this, there's nothing we can do. On the other hand, there's lots of things we can do. And so, and that may seem confusing, <laughs> until you start walking through some of those things, and God starts to show you, okay, these are the things you can't do, can't do and these are the things you can do. And so, uh, on Friday morning, we were talking about this around the area of prayer and around the area of praying in tongues. And I've, I've been sort of mentoring a group on Friday mornings, and we've been praying, and we've been going into things, and I, I try to provide a little bit of teaching, and I'm trying to bring people into certain kinds of experiences to the point where those experiences can become not occasional but routine, the, your daily bread. So that, and that's what we should have as, as Christians, the same way as you have a mom and dad that you experience daily in the natural, God says, listen, I want you to be able to experience me daily. And uh, when that's not happening, it's happening for not happening for a good reason. So let's, let's just give a, a couple of uh, references here. Go to Ephesians. It's good to establish things in Scripture, hey? So we're going to Ephesians chapter 1. And there's two verses I want to look at. One is in chapter 1 and one is in chapter 2. And the first one is in verse 3. I'll start reading verse... uh, Let me start in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God of our Father, uh, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Now, there's another verse here somewhere, but it says that we've been seated in heavenly places. Is that in chapter 2? Yeah, raised us up together. Verse. Uh, so there's these heavenly blessings, but also verse 4 of chapter 2 says this, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And the last one I want to read is verse 18. It says, For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. So let me just uh, start there. There are all these blessings, more blessings than you could possibly uh, imagine. There, God has actually, on top of giving you blessings, he said, I've, I've made you to sit with me in heavenly places. And then the last verse says, you have continuous access. Access has been given. I want to put out a question. How How many of you feel on a daily basis, experientially, that those things are true? How many of you feel like you have instant access to the presence of God constantly? I mean, that you are getting the absolute fullest measure of the manifestation of God in your life. Can anybody say that that is a daily, continuous experience on the very highest level? I'm not lifting my hand. You know, I know that we we know God now more than we did before. And and but there's an and there is an acceleration, and increase, and the measure with which, hopefully, you're you're touching today, unless you're in what Andrew just talked about, he's been in for the last seven months. You know, where suddenly the suspension of all all privileges, heavenly privileges, are. <laughs> for you, but there is a reality. This experience he's come come into is greater than anything before. He thought, wow, I'm on a high plane now, and all of a sudden, it's like, I thought that was high. This is so much better. This is the normal Christian life. We are going from glory to glory, from glory to glory. But the, the problem with us is the only measure of glory we have is the one we've already experienced. We cannot even imagine the next thing. I mean, there's no ability to imagine how great God is. And so you take it by faith that there's more, but but the question is now, what's it going to take to get into that? So we've been given access, we've been seated in heavenly places, and there's this magnificent array of spiritual blessings that have been made available to us. The question is, why is my life not equal to this high living? Because my life, if I put it on a graph, it's kind of like, you know, we got up days, down days. Uh, sometimes, sometimes my down days are associated with particular experiences. Right? I get fired from my job, you know, uh, go to the doctor, get a bad report, have a fight with my wife, uh, problems with the kids, uh, you know, uh, the water the water heater went on my car or, you know, whatever it is. And so ups and downs are affected by the earth, right? Does that happen to anybody? So, uh, well, that's good. I, I wasn't sure if I was talking to the right people here. So uh, that's the reality. And then and then so you you have these things in your life. Maybe you come in on a Sunday or a Wednesday night on a down day, and somebody says, you know, are you aren't you glad? You know, aren't you happy? You shouldn't you know tell your face uh, or something like this? And we are we are encouraged to display the disposition of those being seated in the heavenly places when we actually feel like we're very much underneath a lot of weight. So what is well? You know, I need to be true to myself, and be I need to have integrity with what I'm really feeling. So I'm not going to be a hypocrite. That's a great place to come to in your life where you're not going to hide the fact that you're miserable and, you're, and that, that's wonderful, you're embracing the truth on some level. But uh, that's, not, that's not really what God intended. He, there's a step past that. Yeah, okay, deliver you from your pretentious, man-pleasing posturing all the time, that's great, but that's only halfway to where God wants you. He actually wants you to be that joyful, victorious person, but He doesn't want you to fake it, He wants it to be for real. And so that's why he said, these, these things have been given. These are yours. Uh, and so initially he was like, well, the only thing we have and the only thing we know is act like those things are true. <laughs> you know, that's because we want to glorify God or whatever, you know, rationale seems to stimulate that, that need to do that. For me as a young Christian, it was like, I want to appear... Like a young Christian, I read the Bible, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I thought, that's going to be me. I am going to be a, uh, uh, a stalwart of consistency in victory and joy. And so I put every effort, every day, to be that guy. And it worked for a while. I was, man, people love to be around me. Because I was encouraging, and I was joyful, and I was victorious. And anytime time I had an impulse to, you know, be down, it's like, I just, no, I'm, I'm... Eventually, my energy resources wore out, and consequently, uh, you know, by accident, or maybe it was planned by God, God decided to deal with a certain confidence and pretentiousness in me, which is a great thing. So we were talking on Friday morning, we were talking about praying in tongues, and I was remembering all the language I've used as I've exhorted people to, to lay hold of God, to seek God, to press into His presence, and to all of those things. And again, based on your experience, you will interpret what I mean by that based on what you do, and if, based on what you've experienced before. And if all you've ever done is go from, tell your face, okay. Then when I say, press in, get a hold of God, what you're hearing is, uh, work harder at pretending. Work harder at denying your sadness, your grief, your, your discouragement, your blah, 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 blah. Whatever it is that seems to have you anchored down and not seated in heavenly places, you hear people saying, pretend that's not real and pretend that this is real. And I want to say that is not the language we're using. There is a real experience that can be had in in coming out of something and and being a part of that that victorious sense without changing the circumstances of your life that dictated previously to your emotions. There is a capacity to do that. And so the illustration I began to see on on Friday was this, that it's all about geography. I have the fortunate opportunity to be in places when it's not so great here. For example, I remember in the, in, in the late fall, I was in California and I was on the phone, actually I was FaceTiming Wendy, because I'm outside, I, I didn't bring shorts, I should have, because it was just that hot. I brought a sweater on the walk, but I'm walking and I'm sweating, and it's like flowers everywhere, trees are still blooming, and I'm, and I'm on FaceTime with Wendy, I said, this is amazing! I mean, I was just so happy, so upbeat just to be outside. Just to be... And I mean, the sun is shining, and it's clear, and there's green grass, and the sound of mowing, and, and it's just California. And, uh, and Wendy's looking out, and it's, you know snow and ice, and it's cold, and it's like, I have to walk the dog, but, you know, it's, it's... You know, weather, right, the conditions, the atmospheric conditions of the world around you sometimes dictate to your emotional equilibrium right? And so it's much easier to be happy in California in November, or February, or January, or, well, you know, most every other time of the year, <laughs> except maybe July and August. It's much easier to be happy there, right? So take that idea, take that idea of geography, that, that mood, attitude, uh, sense of of optimism about life is is not about circumstances, but about geography. And that what what we're saying is this, is that when I say lay hold of God, what I'm actually saying is that you can be seated in heavenly places, that you have access, that you have a right to, that there is a capacity for you to be in a place that you are not in right now. Now, obviously, we're not talking about literal geography because when we start praying, we we don't move from the room. But what I'm saying is this, is that spiritually, you move from an earthly place to a heavenly place through prayer and worship. That's the actual anatomy of what's going on. So when I'm saying, you know, uh, be like this, I'm not saying pretend you're like that. I'm saying, literally this, go to the place where that kind of feeling is natural because all around you, is the supremacy of God. What worship and access to the presence of God gives you is a different perspective that, that you know, and it's the same perspective as what people have, and if you've heard testimonies of people dying, you know, they're dying, they're on earth here, they got families and situations, all, they're important, they people depend on them, they, they die and they say, no, I'm, I'm there and, and I don't want to go back. And God makes me go back. Why didn't you want to go back suddenly? Why? Suddenly, why did not all of these things matter to you? Did, you? did you stop loving your family, your kids, those that needed you, your, your destiny, your ministry? So why suddenly did it, none of this matter? Because I was in a totally different reality. And the ability to think a different way was, was native to this, this place. When you, if you were in a position where your family is needy and you got kids and everything, and you crossed over and you had an opportunity to go back or not, you would not go back. But what about, what about my kids? When you see the true sufficiency of God, you realize you are not all that. He is all that. The immediate shift of faith and the and, and to where he becomes centric to the world and that suddenly you realize that god is actually more functionally uh interactive with my children and the destiny of their lives and their needs than i am as a natural dad holy then you are released from the burden of that now what if the fears the the anxiety the unsureness about circumstances in your life the ups and downs those? Those things that happen day, what if those could go on going like this, but you could be like this? Always, always steady. Well, how do, you, how do you do that? Well, first you try to pretend to be. And then God delivers you from that confidence that pretending to be is actually what he imagined. And he says, listen, I want to give the ability for you to be in a place geographically so you can think the way that place thinks, but live in this place. I want you to be in the world, but not of the world. I want you to be in the world with the attitudes of another world. I want you to be here in the midst of depression and fear and anxiety, but with the confidence that all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Wow, sounds almost biblical, eh? Well, how do do we do that? You go up the mountain. You ascend. You go from that place. Well, how do you do that? Well, here's, the, here's what I do. Uh, and, and again, I'm growing, still growing in the, in the ability to do this, though there are key moments where I discovered the capacity that God had given me as a believer. That in that, that, that discovery fueled the confidence that I could do this with more regularity than before. But here's the thing. When you first get born again, I, I got, my, got my balloon. The only thing I'm lacking here is helium. I need helium. Anybody breathe out helium? No? Okay. So if this was filled with helium, it would just naturally do what? It would, it would go up. It would just go up. Right? So uh, let's pretend this is going up. Oh. <laughs> Alright? And so when you first get it, become a Christian, you have this experience of being in the world, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, whoo! Whoa! This is so great! Now, if you haven't had that experience, uh, it's available. But anyway, so this is great. I walked around, you know, on cloud nine for a long time. You know, uh, months, right, as a young Christian. I was like, this is amazing. And then what God was doing actually in this initial phase is He's creating basic faith in me. I need you to know that I love you. I need you to know that I'm with you. I need you to know that this world... Up here is what you were made for. I want you to have these thoughts and function this way and have this joy and have this this stuff in your life and say, this is so great. But But then God says, that's happening, but that isn't necessarily a full reflection of your faith right now. That's happening because there are things attached to the bottom of this in your actual life that I'm holding up right now is enabling you to experience these high places. But here's what we're gonna do, is I'm gonna not hold up all of them, I'm going to let go of one of them. And that one thing is the thing I want to start bringing your attention to and dealing with your life in reality. I need to make a character shift, growth shift. I, you are saved, but you're being saved. There's a part of you that is redeemed immediately when he gets saved, but there's a part of you that's being shifted and changed gradually. That part, I have to, see I can't leave you like this forever. Like you just won't even see anything that needs to be changed. So I have to bring it to your attention. The question is how long will it take before you notice that you're being anchored down, pulled down to the ground? Now as a practical example, you know, we can, we can have this uh, in our lives, but you, uh, have you ever come into a meeting and pastor's saying, you know, let's worship God. And you don't feel like it? You're tired? I feel like I'm tired. And you know you ought to because God is who He is, and you know, but I'm really tired. So just physical fatigue is a weight. You don't even have the ability sometimes to make a decision to honor God in the face of physical fatigue. So you, you are anchored to how you feel right now. Now, if you add to that actual, you know, real life distress, you've gone bankrupt, your wife is leaving you, and you're the, the FBI has you on the most wanted list. You know, <laughs> these things will also affect your emotional equilibrium, <laughs> right? And so, and so, you, this is the reality, and you could, your integrity could say, well, this is the reality I must demonstrate to the world that this you know i'm willing to live in the truth yeah God's saying, listen keep your truth that is you live in the world but you are seated in heavenly places this thing is being imposed on you by need but i want you to ascend by choice so i learned that no matter what the circle is i would start praying in tongues and uh and eventually over a period of time I started to realize that I was actually moving in geography from a lower place to a higher place. Now, the question is, are you immobilized by the circumstances of your life continuously such that unless the world around you is ideal, I cannot do this? Or the maximum amount of difficulties I can experience experience in my life is this, anything beyond this, and I'm anchored. God is saying, listen, I want you to choose to ascend the mountain. And what I started to realize as a young Christian is that I could actually lean into God. And praying in tongues, especially when I just, my mind was so distraught with worry or fear or concern or depression or, or need that I just, I couldn't even formulate any biblical words but I could always pray in tongues. And so I start praying in tongues. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 2, it says, when you pray in an unknown tongue, you don't speak to men, but you're speaking to God. It's a howbeit in the spirit. You are speaking mysteries. You are speaking the thoughts of God. What you're speaking when you pray in tongues is unbeknownst to your carnal mind. You are saying the things that belong to this other world. And what happens is the more you do this, you're, that the, the reality of that world starts to overwhelm the reality of this world. I started realizing that that worked, that I actually and what I didn't realize is that I was ascending. I was going to a happy place. I was going to California spiritually when I was living in foggy London or Seattle or wherever or Edmonton, that actually, though this remained, that this reality, I'm not dismissing that reality, but I can live, but I'm in two worlds at one time. And so part of what God is saying is, listen, I want you to represent this world, but how much can you be aware of this world and still represent this world? Is that duality available to you? Can you, can you stand in the face of circumstances and say the things that those great men and women of faith said in the face of life uh, altering circumstances? I will not bow the knee. I will worship. As as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, And, and so on, and so on, and so on. And so... And I was thinking about this when Andrew started sharing, and I thought, I was glad when Andrew moved here and wanted to be a part of this church, but but I think what we don't realize is God leads us to places by making it feel like it's, God was saying, look at this place, Spruce Grove, it's like this. It's a happy place. It's spiritual California. And it's like, oh, I'm moving there. And of course, Andrew moves here, and then God says, yeah, but that is accessed by faith. I gave you grace to access it because I want you to move here, but now I want to actually make that a part of your daily existence. But in order to do that, I have to deal with what stands between you and that as a daily existence, which is whatever it is for you, it's going to be different. It is this one thing for him. What is it for you? Well, many of us are in that place right now where the weight of that thing that God is putting his finger on it is causing us to be down here. And at some point, we're going to have an epiphany where I don't have to stay here. But often what happens, we default to this ministry model where we want somebody to do this for us. We want somebody to come in because when you're a young Christian, that's the way it happens. God uses mostly other people in your life to actually pull you up to this higher plane. You know, they they pull you up and they'll say, Oh, I'm so glad when I when you shared that word and when you talked to me, and when we were when you played the guitar and did that, I came here. To play the guitar again. But when God wants you to just come here, he's not gonna let that guitar do it for you anymore. And then you start to think, what's wrong with his, Ben's guitar playing? He used to do it for me. I think Ben needs to stop leading worship. There's something wrong. It has nothing to do with Ben. God is weaning you off Ben's ministry. Ben, ben is still doing that for maybe others or Jen or whoever else or me or, or, or some other leader or some ministry. Some tel- the point is, that is a stopgap measure just to let you know that that's possible so that you can access that regularly. Well, how long does that take? Seven months, huh? A year, 10 years? What is God dealing with? It's going to be different for every single one of you. What destiny is God preparing you for? What, you know, because whatever, what you are overcoming here in order to get to that higher plane is what then you are prepared for in reality. See, leaders in business from a natural standpoint are great leaders because they face this adversity and they haven't been shaken, and they've been able to say, well, we just need to do this and hold the course, and da-da-da-da-da, and they come out of it. So then when they face those circumstances again, that's not a big problem, we can fix this. As opposed to, well, I read read in the Bible, God has an answer to this, so this is, we can fix this. Not the same confidence as one who's walked through and escaped those things that anchor you down to the natural. This is what God is doing in your life. So where are you at today? Now, it was interesting. When we were talking about this on, on, on Friday, and I was exhorting us about going to that other geog- geographic location, like, you know, a setting where it's natural to be happy, where it's natural to be victorious, where it's natural to be confident that this too shall pass. Don't you hate that when you're all in depression and somebody says, this too shall pass? Or, oh, this too shall pass. <laughs> You know, like Andrew said, you know, people said the right things, but it didn't help this time. Why? Because God needed to bring Andrew into this place through breaking something off of him. And they come with, And you know what he's going to say to the next person? This too shall pass. <laughs> because there's a, there's a time when that's very meaningful because it's true and you can get benefit off it. Unless God is weaning you from other people's stuff, then you've got to just come to that revelation on your own. One well, of the reasons why people get angry and bitter at spiritual leaders is because of this weaning process. And my pastor used to do this, and all you have to do is say, you know, remember when you were young, and all his mom had to do is say, oh, there, there, now, have a cookie. Now <laughs> you're, you're married, your business is going under, and mom saying, there, there, now, have a cookie is not quite doing it. Nothing wrong with mom right? This is your journey. This is what you're doing. So, here's what I want to leave you with. And, and this hymn came back, of all things, a hymn. A hymn came back to me as we were there. I couldn't even remember the, the actual name of the hymn. I thought it was Higher Plane, But Di, being an expert in hymns, said it was Higher Ground. But uh, I'm going to read the words to you because it's absolutely phenomenal, words. The message of it is just so filled with faith. But not only with faith, experiential wisdom. This You're going to hear the words. This is somebody who has discovered that there are two geographies. There are two worlds. There is a lower plane and there is a higher plane, and that you can exercise choice to be in one or the other. And in fact, that the whole journey of your life is God teaching you to live in a higher place. And it's not just about accessibility. It's about your willingness to leave one place and go to another. So here's the words. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Still praying as I'm onward bound. I love that. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's tableland, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. He's had the revelation that there are subsequent higher levels. There's one even beyond what I've found. I love that. My heart has no desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismay. Though some. Some may dwell where those abound. My prayer, my aim is higher ground." Wow, like this guy knew something. Isn't that amazing? Literally, he said, there's a place where fear abounds, where it's most natural to think in this way. He said, there's a place where it becomes most natural to think this other way. I I wanna live there. I don't wanna just pop my head up there occasionally somebody's giving me a boost. I want to find my way up there, and I want to live there. My, I want to live above the world. Those Satan darts at me are hurled, for faith has caught the joyful sound, the song of saints on higher ground. See, when you're hearing the song of, of saints on higher ground and you're on lower ground, it's like, give me a break. This is reality. No, you don't understand. They're, they're singing from a higher place. They're not just pretending to be happy. Oh, there's some that are pretending to be happy because that's the level. That's, only, that's all they know. Oh, I'm this, but I should be this. So, <sighs> Joyful, joyful. <laughs> Tell your face. We adore thee. That's not what we're talking about. Actual ascension. Actual ascension. I want to scale the utmost heights and catch a gleam of glory bright, but still I'll pray till heaven I've found, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Very clearly, the writer of this had a revelation, not of just going to heaven when I die, but that there was a, a higher ground that I can live with, in, participate, pull from while I'm on this ground. So what I want to do today, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I want you to commit to a journey that you're already in. And I want you to realize that this is what God is doing. Because just realizing the weaning process will cause you from going into blame, or depression, or self-pity, or, you know, accusations. Well, obviously, there's no way anybody could sustain the kind of confidence and optimism that you do every day. Either you're faking it, but maybe it's real. So, let's close your eyes right now, and I'm gonna say some words, and if you agree with them, just say, yes, Lord. Father, We want to live on higher ground. We want to have our daily manna. We want to know the experience of being seated in heavenly places. Lord, we want to know the kind of access you have. And Father, we give you permission, Holy Spirit, today to start putting your finger on those things that close the door, that seem to take away my access. God, what are those things? Because they're not you, they're things that are in me and you're making me aware of them. So, Father. Break the power of unbelief in my life. Break the power of fear in my life. Break the power of shame and guilt in my life. Break the power of personal disappointment. Break the power of lost hope. Break the power of all fear and torment in Jesus' name. I give you permission, Lord, to deal with these things that are anchoring my balloon to the earth. I belong. I am made for higher ground. I am made for higher ground. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we say, make us those people, a whole church full of people that are literally living on that higher ground, so that when we come in here, we're not just putting on a brave face, but we are actually ascending, and that the world around us will feel the power of that ascension. They may not know what it is, but they will feel the power of that ascension.